0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 26, how God was going to be with Isaac, made an oath with him, and would bless him and his seed in the land. And we'll learn how our eyes of understanding or heart can be blinded but healed as it was for Isaac. Now, before we begin with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God, we want to remind you that Tom Cantor has a daily devotional verse email comes out Monday through Friday, something to encourage you through the work week and improve your friendship with God. It's just one verse from the Bible and a short commentary on that verse from Tom Cantor. Just one or two sentences, nothing big, but something to let you meditate from the Word of God. And Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse can be received on your phone or by email. And you can sign up online at friendshipwithgod.org, God. You can also call us. We'll sign you up over the phone at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. And if you'd like to make a donation, it's 100 percent tax deductible towards this Bible teaching radio program and also Jewish evangelism outreach ministry with Israel Restoration Ministries, whom Tom Cantor is the founder of. And we have right now a summer blitz going on, reaching Jewish people in 15 U.S. and Canadian cities with 111 missionaries. If you'd like to support this Bible teaching radio program or the summer blitz, you can donate 100 percent tax deductible by calling us at 800 247 3051-800-247-3051. Here is Tom Cantor teaching us from Genesis 26 on Isaac becoming a man of God.
1: Also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, they found not his body. They came saying they'd seen a vision of angels, which said he was alive, and then went on to say, and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, they didn't believe the women, and found it even as the women had said, but him they saw not. See, they let their unbelief hold back their eyes from seeing the Lord Jesus as the Redeemer. They let their unbelief hold back their heart, hold their heart that wanted to believe because they said in verse 21, we trusted that it had been him which should have delivered Israel. And now's is the third day. And they let their unbelief hold them back from believing the testimony of the women who went and saw the empty tomb, saw the angels, heard them tell them that he was alive the unbelief held back their heart held back their eyes from believing when other men went there and confirmed that the tomb was empty and so when he hears all this the lord hears all this and says all this you know you trusted you wanted to believe you didn't believe the women you didn't believe the men then it's over the top and he just rebukes them and he says you are fools and you're slow of heart because they didn't believe that he was risen from the dead now when thomas did not believe Okay, remember, in John 20, 25, it says, the other disciples said unto him, we've seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails, thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. So what did Thomas do? Let me put it this way. What did the Lord Jesus do to make Thomas believe in the resurrection? But he did. That's it, Bill. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He saith in verse 27, he saith to Thomas, reach hither thy finger... Behold my hands, reach out to thy hand, thrust it into my side, be not faithless, but believing. That was how he convinced Thomas of the resurrection. But these were also in unbelief of the resurrection, and they're on the road there. And so did he do that? Did he say, Well, look at my hands and put your hand in my side? Is that what he did? No, he didn't do that. What did he do? He taught them what? He taught them the scriptures. He taught them the scriptures. He didn't show them his hands and his side. He showed them the scriptures. See, they the beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. See, he took away their unbelief not by showing them his hands and his side. He took away their unbelief by showing them the scriptures. And the Lord called them fools for not believing the scriptures. And a man is a fool if he doesn't believe the scriptures. Human knowledge, you think about human knowledge, here's the way human knowledge works. Human knowledge works like this. First, something has to be understood, then it is believed. That's human knowledge. God's knowledge is the opposite. God's knowledge is, first, it has to be believed, then it'll be understood. See, the Bible is a closed book to the proud person. The Bible is a closed book to the critic who says, show me first and I'll believe. It's closed. It's closed to those who stood at the cross in Matthew 27:42 and they said, "He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him." See, that's man's knowledge. See, let me see and uh, let me see and then I'll believe. Let me understand and then I'll believe. See, first let us see and then we will believe. But God says, "No, first you believe, then you'll see." That's what he said in John eleven forty. 40 Jesus saith unto her said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe thou shouldst see the glory of God. See the real problem is that man is blind. It's a very illustrative phrase wonderful phrase it describes what needs to happen for a man to know God. What needs to happen for a man to know the Bible. You know as a at Trader Joe's last night doing some shopping so the lady says to me you know because they're all trained to do this now you know so how was your day fine so what did you do today (laughs) i said i studied the bible you know you could tell on her face (laughs) you did what you know (laughs) see for a person to know the bible for a person to know god something has to occur and what that is described in Ephesians 1.18, where it says it this way, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches, the glory of the inheritance are in the saints. See the phrase, the eyes of our understanding. Actually, the Greek word translated understanding is dianoia, it's heart, it's heart, or the place where deep thoughts occur. So it's really the eyes of our heart are blind, And they need to be enlightened. That's why the statement is so important in Ephesians 1.18. The eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened that you may know. That's why Paul first believed God. And then something very important happened to him later. He believed God on the road to Damascus, And later on, something happened in Acts 9.18. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. That must have been some sight. And he received sight therewith. And arose and was baptized. See those scales on Paul's eyes that fell off, those represented the blindness that Paul had that was removed in Israel Restoration. We go to the Jewish people. What do we butt up against every single day? Blindness. Blindness. We might as well be working at the Braille Institute. It's just blindness, blindness, blindness on the Jewish people, blindness as to who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Blindness that's described. In 2 Corinthians 3:13 through 16 where it says and not as Moses which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished but their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the old testament which veil is done away in Christ But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. They come and they take the Torah from off this ark. And they put it down. And they say, such a wonderful book. We won't even touch it with our fingers. They get the uh, finger, silver pointer, and read, and read. And then they carry it around. People kiss it. But they're blind to it. They're blind, as he says. that even when Moses read today, the veil is upon their heart. They can't see. It's talking about the Lord Jesus, Jehovah Jesus. But... Hope, in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 3, nevertheless, when it, the heart, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Amen, praise the Lord. Thank God, when any person, Jewish person, Gentile person, turns to God with those two important words that God responds to, and what are the two words? Help me, help me, and God removes the blindness. They can see who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Why would a person turn to the lord and say help me because of the sickness of his heart of foolishness foolishness to not believe the scriptures because of the sickness of his heart of being slow of heart and to believe the scriptures you know, there's a father of a sick son and he found himself with those two sicknesses you know, foolish foolish sickness of foolish, foolishness sickness of slow of heart he turns to the lord cries out recorded for us in mark 9 17 through 27 where it says one of the multitude answered and said master I have brought unto thee my son which hath a dumb spirit and wheresoever he taketh him he teareth him the spirit teareth him and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and he's pining away and I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out they could not he answereth and saith unto them O faithless generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him unto me
0: We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in just a moment here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that Tom Cantor is the owner and operator of the Original Creation Museum, the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, located in the suburbs of San Diego. And if you are from San Diego, you're probably familiar with the museum, or if you haven't been here, we'd like you to come out and visit. Or if you're going to be in town visiting from one of the other stations and you're listening outside of San Diego, we want you to make it a point when you come to San Diego or the Southern California area to come and see the Creation and Earth History Museum with Tom Cantor. You'll see the biblical account of the six days of creation. We have an Age of the Earth cave. We've also got a full-size live tabernacle theater. We've also got a human anatomy wing, as well as many other fossils and facts. Go to creationsd.org. For more information, creationsd.org. Now here's Tom Cantor.
1: And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Can you imagine the sight? And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, "Of a child. And oftentimes he cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. So the father says, you haven't seen it all. He says, he'll throw himself in a fire pit. He'll throw himself in the water, he'll throw himself in the fire to burn himself to death, he'll throw himself in the water to drown, be drowned. And then the Father said, "But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us." Jesus said unto him, "If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe straightway. The father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief." When Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebukes the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, enter no more into him. The spirit cried, rent him sore, came out of him. He was as one dead, insomuch that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he rose. Distraught father. He didn't know what to do. He was absolutely beside himself. He watched in a state of utter helplessness. He watched his son just be taken over by this demon, pushed in into water to drown him and he watched the demon push the son into seizures caused the boy to practically grind his teeth away foam at the mouth fall into fire and we can imagine how the, the father tried to sit down and talk with the boy you know talk with the boy let me help you let me talk you through this problem nothing the boy became controlled by this satanic spirit and so the father's paralyzed with fear the father's paralyzed with the feeling of utter helplessness and in his fear he has graduated the father has graduated to the state of the two words help me and that was the beginning of his help from god the demon is here very overt in this boy sometimes demons are very overt as in this case tries to kill himself across the street from our compound in Boudagir in ethiopia a mother pointed out to us says that's our daughter she's this crazed look on her face and And she said, she's jerking around. And they said, she's possessed with the great spirit. One time, the director of the hospital there in Boudigure was giving me a tour. And then they brought a new patient into his office there. This patient was chained. His hands were chained. His legs were chained. And I said, well, what's with this? And he says, uh, he tries to kill himself and others. Why? Demons. Sometimes demons not so overt case of a little boy recently. He has an imaginary friend and the imaginary friend started to tell him it was a good boy until this point. And then the imaginary friend tells him, talk back to your parents, destroy, disobey. Okay. Imaginary friend. Well, this father, he knew he was helpless to help his son. Now, the Lord could have just spoken a word from a distance for his son to be healed. So he did that. In fact, the centurion told him that you don't have to come. So just speak the word i'm under authority i know how it works the healing will take place he could have done that but he didn't he said in mark 9 19 bring him unto me bring him to me those are really important words when the lord said bring him to me it wasn't a pretty sight as we saw for the boy to come he's foaming at the mouth he's in seizures he's grinding his teeth away But he says, bring him, bring him to me. You know why? That's so interesting and so important because it shows how close the Lord wants to get to our sorrows. When it says in Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He didn't do that by remote control. He didn't do that remotely. When he said, bring him to me, he says, I don't want there to be a distance. See, those words, bring him to me, shows us that For anyone to be helped by the Lord Jesus Christ, he has to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And those words in verse 19, bring him to me, speak to us that that what we have to do to help another person, we have to bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. See, for the lost who need salvation, God's word to us about prayer is bring him to me. For the sick, we have a lot of sick people right now, but for the sick, God's word to us about prayer is bring him or her to me. And so the Lord asked the father, in verse 21, he says, how long ago is it since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. See, that question, that causes us to wonder. We sit there, we wonder, why did the omniscient God, who knows everything, why did he ask him how long? Did he not know? He knew. So he knew, so how long had been? Why did he ask? Clearly, he didn't ask the question of how long he'd been possessed because he didn't know. He asked the question to show us how the lord jesus helps us he asked the question to show how he enters into the agony of the father to show us he feels the pain of the father to show us he has compassion he asked the question to show that he is a high priest for that father and for that boy who was touched with the feeling of the father As it says in Hebrews 4.15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. What was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And the son who tried to drown himself, he's got a father who's drowning in his own helplessness and despair. And he's crying out to the Lord, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us, help us. And the Lord turns around to the father and says, I'm gonna turn that right around on you. And he says, I'm gonna take your if thou canst do, and I'm going to turn it around and say, if thou canst believe. It's not a question of if I can do. It's a question of if you can believe. And the father who came to the Lord Jesus for help for his son now realizes he needs help. He needs help for his own unbelief. And so he responds in Mark nine twenty four 24, straightway. The father, the child cries out with tears. Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Now, going back, we're looking at Genesis 26 and verse 3. The Lord tells Isaac, sojourn in this land. I'll be with you. I'll bless you unto thee to thy seed i'll give you all these countries i'll perform the oath See, these are the things that god says he says you stay here i'll be with you i'll bless you i'll give you these land i'll perform the oath first the lord told isaac stay here stay in that land that wasn't easy for isaac that wasn't a nice place to be that was a land of murder as isaac said in verse 7 the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah. that was a land of sexual defilement as abimelech said verse 10 one of the people might lightly have line with thy wife but god told isaac you stay there you stay right there because for isaac to stay in that land would take faith on isaac's part that god was going to do what he said next which was i'll be with you you stay there i'll be with you i'll bless you you stay there i'll bless you and i'm going to do that in the land of murder in the land of lust and i'll be with you and bless you see with that promise of god's presence and blessing Isaac had all he needed to stay in the land of murder and lust. And then God told Isaac that he's going to give him the land of Canaan. And it's interesting because twice in the, he says all these countries. See, the land of Canaan is called all these countries. See? All these countries. In the back of our Friendship with God Bible, we have a map of the current day Israel versus the map of all the land that God promised. He's speaking That all that God is speaking about here. The land that God promised Israel includes Present-day Israel, plus all of Lebanon, plus all of Jordan, plus most of Syria, plus half of Iraq, plus half of Saudi Arabia, plus half of Kuwait, part of Turkey, and part of Egypt. Apart from that is very little of the you know. <laughs> so who could be disturbed about that? That's the promise of God. And God says, I'm promising you that. And he says, and he calls that gift of that land to Isaac's seed. He calls it an oath that he would perform that he swore that he's going to do. Then verse 3, he says, For unto thee and to thy seed I will give all those countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear. The oath which I swear. Perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Those are important words that God used. He said, I will perform the oath which I swear. When God said, I will perform, he used the word kum, which is the Hebrew word which means to rise. So in other words, God said, I'm going to rise up to give this land to Isaac and to his seed. When God said the word oath and swear, he used two Hebrew words, Shabuah and Shabbat, but they both come from the same root word, Sheva, which is the number seven, which is the meaning of completion, as in like seven days we have a complete week. See, by using these two words that come from this word seven, God is saying, until he gives the land to Isaac's seed, it's not complete for him. In other words, it's an open item on God's to-do list that he's going to do. And Isaac should know that, and Isaac should believe that, and God is serious about this, and so therefore Isaac should stay in the land. And Isaac says, okay, and he stays there in verse 6. And so, and then in verse 4, he repeats to Isaac, he already told this to Abraham, that he's going to make his seed as the stars of the heaven, and he's going to do that. But Isaac told, uh, God told Isaac, that he's going to make the seed of the stars of heaven stars innumerable stars shine Isaac's spiritual seed in Matthew 13 43 then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father God already told this to Abraham same words and Isaac knew this because Abraham told him that God told him but here we see God speaking directly to Isaac he tells him the same thing you know Christian kids in a Christian home You know they hear from their parents what God has taught them, like Abraham told Isaac, like Isaac heard from Abraham. But there comes a time when those Christian kids they have to hear God for themselves, and like Isaac hearing directly from God in verse four. And then he says, all the nations will be blessed. See, God told Isaac and his seed seed, there come a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And so he's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to be born of the seed of Isaac. He's the blessing described in this verse 4 all the nations of the earth shall be blessed as he said you see he's the blessing for the description that god told isaac in verse 4 all the nations of the earth as he said in matthew 16 18, i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and the lord jesus christ has built his church is building his church, will build his church by sending missionaries into the description that God gave to Isaac in verse 4, all the nations of the earth, every nation of the earth, as he said in Matthew 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And missionaries went, and missionaries are now today going, and missionaries will continue to go to the description that God gave Isaac. In verse 4 all the nations of the earth and as they go they're assisted by heaven as it says in Revelation 14:6. I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth to every nation and kindred and tribe and tongue and people and as a result of their work there's going to be a new song that's sung in heaven by a choir that's made up of singers from what God told the description God told Isaac, in verse 4, all the nations of the earth, as it says in Revelation 5, 9, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. That's what God did when he promised that to Isaac. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being a great God, a God who, while we were sheep going astray and sinners, a God who came and died for our sins. We thank you, Lord, for being a great God to lavish on us promises, Lord, of a happy life with you, a life with your presence, a life with your blessing, Lord, in this life and in the next to come. And Lord, we pray that, that we might take to heart the promise that you gave here, in genesis 26 and that this would be the fuel that uh, drives our engine of joy in jesus name amen
0: another great day of studying the bible with tom Cantor, our bible teacher on friendship with god from genesis chapter 26 on the famine in the land with isaac Going down to Egypt, if you'd like to study more resources from Tom Cantor, you can do so by going online to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also download all of Tom Cantor's messages and many of his materials for free, all at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also sign up for the Tom Cantor's podcast of the Friendship with God radio program at iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, as we've mentioned to you in many of the announcements, we have the Summer Blitz going on right now in 15 U.S. and Canadian cities with 111 missionaries taking the gospel to the Jewish people. We've given you some of the testimonies of that outreach. Many Jewish people have come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior through this outreach this summer. And we've been able to help disciple them and improve their friendship with God as new Jewish believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to have a part in that, we'd like you to sign up for our newsletter for Israel Restoration Ministries and Friendship with God at our website, friendshipwithgod.org. You'll learn all the information going on with the Summer Blitz. We've hit over 400,000 doors with Jewish materials and also full-color fourfold gospel tracks. They're beautiful. If you'd like a pack of 20, you can get them by calling 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. They present the gospel from the Old Testament about Jesus Christ as the Jewish Messiah. They're beautiful, great presentation of the gospel. Get them for your friends or Jewish people that you know. 20-pack, call us at 800-247-3051 or friendshipwithgod.org.